0: Guys, welcome back to Talking Thrones with Jones. Today, we are recapping Season 6, Episode 6. We're in the second half of the season. Um, we are very excited to have our very special guest, Tim Blount, who is a Hollywood insider. Tim Blount, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello. Good to be here. Thank you.
0: We're very excited to have you. Um, okay, so let's just dive straight into this. A lot going on. Um, did not any... really. It was kind of the worst episode ever. Okay, so I differ, and I really want to talk a lot about um, Samuel Talley's whole scenario, and like I just had a lot. Like, so first of all, let's just appreciate the depth of the story. You've got what would be not even a secondary character, maybe a tertiary character, having this incredible depth, all this family, and and you know all this tension, and and you know he's actually a rich, like a rich rich man, and and he's coming back home. First of all, the Gilly makeover scene, like I, I was, you know, like full disclosure, I was watching with my girlfriend, she was so excited and actually wanted more of a kind of like breakdown of Gilly's makeup, Gilly's scrubbing, like what kind of dresses she tried. Could we have done some kind of uh, HBO extra content
2: there? Like a like a queer eye for the straight guy for wildlings? Yeah, 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 The uh, <laughs> the sophisticated eye for the wildling. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, well... So be it. Yeah, I mean, I I would think that Sam, Samuel, Samuel Samwell Samuel. Yeah, yeah. Samwell. No, that, I think that's. Uh... <laughs> I, I don't know how to say it in Australian, but Samuel Charlie <laughs> is, is probably the least important character, and and I've always wondered like why why are you on the show? You're you're not interesting. You're not cool. And then it finally clicked for me when when he stole that sword from his dad, and it, it's very clear now that he's 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 heading to the Citadel, and that and he's going to sort of he knows that. Uh, Valerian steel kills White Walkers, and since so he's gonna go down there he's gonna read some books and he's gonna realize he needs to prototype or clone or 3d print that that sword and then that's what he's gonna take back to Jon Snow or whoever's kind of running the north so that at least at least they sort of telegraphed what his role in the whole thing was with that sword but until then I was just like why are we following him guy why is he doing this I don't know what do you think Tim
1: I mean, I think uh, Jorma Morma might cross paths with him at some point. You know, where do you go to find uh, the cure to, what is, has what is, what is, what is he got? The Grayscale?
2: Scale? Grayscale. Oh. Go to
1: where all the maesters are, right? Match made in heaven, All the yeah. books. No,
2: I He's think essentially a junior
0: house doctor, you know?
2: Yeah, I think, well, who, who cured uh, Stannis' daughter of the Grayscale? I don't think we had a specific, like, I think he, he
0: contacted all of the most powerful healers and the most innovative healers in the land. God. I don't think we got a specific name.
2: I would like it if he crossed paths with Jorma Morma. I would like to see him a little bit bigger role in this, as you know. But, but other than that, like Gilly, him, the baby, it's just kind of meh. Oh, and then, I'm all in. Then... I, want,
0: I want to dive deep. Well, here's, here's the other thing. There's actually a theory that Sam didn't steal the sword to kill White Walkers, but actually to be
2: a giant cheese knife. Or just to be a dick, just to take, just to like wreck his father's number one possession. But no, I I mean that's clear that that, that's what's happening there. And then, I mean, there was, did anyone even get killed in the last episode?
0: Oh, did anybody? Okay, well, I mean, a lot
2: of White Walkers. Benjen
0: Stark clearly needs an exfoliator or some kind of, um, you know, (laughs) well, he's half some kind of spa day.
2: He's he's half White Walker, but uh, he was, you know, that's the thing. I think at this point. You know, maybe the second to last season, we I know they're not new characters, but like they're people we sort of forgot about and we're just hoping wouldn't come back and now he's coming back and then the guy that was getting married at the Red Wedding, who's that?
0: oh oh Edmure Tully so that is uh Catelyn Stark's brother
2: yeah yeah so you know we new people coming in it's like we're, I feel like we're trying to wrap a lot of these things up I mean one of the things that got me so excited was I remember three weeks ago Emily saw us saying like okay you know the the Lannisters are going down to fight the Sparrow and we're gonna have a war and that was like the most underwhelming Battle well, well, of all time, and now we're. A, I just I think, did not like the episode. Well, well guys, at all. guys,
0: I have a, you know, like, I, like I'm, I'm sad that Jesse's so down on the episode. I actually had to watch the episode on um, a Samsung phone while, uh, while Facebook messages from Lizzie's friends kept on popping up. So that was awesome. We had like about four or five stops and starts. But I, I have a big question for you. Like now that there's a, a an alliance between the faith and the crown. Do you think there's any going back from that? Like, and I know, I know, everybody's going to say that Marjorie has something up her sleeve. I totally agree, but like, I don't see their, like you being able to go back from this faith and crown alliance because like everybody loves the everybody loves the faith. Everybody's in on the faith in, in terms of the peasants. Like, isn't this kind of here to stay, Tim? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good point.
1: Uh, I think she's gonna live with it. I think this is all Marjorie's, you know, devious plot. She realized that she didn't have allies in the Lannister family, so now she's allied herself with God.
0: And also, can I just say one thing on Marjorie? Like, I think Jesse and I's distaste for Marjorie really was borne out in this episode. Not looking good from any angle. You know, maybe even a little fish-like at at times.
2: I couldn't even really tell what she was trying to do, because she told her brother to like just stay strong, but then she sort of convinced Toman to do something else. Can do you understand what was happening? What's her angle here? What's her end game? I think that Tim got it right. Like, I think that basically, like, she knows that
0: Cersei is a cunning biarch, right? And she knows that Jaime is just fucking will do whatever Cersei says. So she's realizing that she needs to make moves and she also sees the popular uprising aligned with the faith and so she says this is my smartest play for now is to align us with the faith it allows her to take control of Tommen's dead body you know so i think that like she's put herself in a position
2: to gain more power right now either way net net massively underwhelming sort of convergence there i thought that you know, Cersei's mountain man was just going to kind of go apeshit on all those faith melting guys and just like go berserk. But instead, it was, it was like really underwhelming. I don't know. So really, wanted a war there. The other parts, I really wasn't into it. We spent a lot of time with Arya, right? Yeah. Yeah, but how could you not be happy with that ending? She's she got Needle back. That wasn't kind yeah. of emotional. And it's it's interesting because she's actually going to meet up with the Sand Snakes. So how do you know? Because the Sand Snakes. Uh, teacher, or her teacher that taught her how to sword fight. Serio Ferrell. Yeah, he was he, he was sort of around that area and then obviously there's going to be some sort of like girl band wait, wait, super Wait, vert. I can't do yeah.
0: stage four of the training. How many fucking stages of training are we going to have with but this girl? She, she's probably going to... She's
2: going to be 35 uh, by the time she finishes her training. You know, she's aging, but yeah. she She's going to join up with the Sand Snakes, I believe, and, and, and really go after Cersei. They hate the Lannisters. She hates the Lannisters. It only makes sense and that's sort of... The only reason that they're on the show because those chicks are kind of annoying too.
0: Okay, okay. So then, what's your over/under on like total seasons? And oh. Tim, answer this one as well. Like, like they're saying eight right now. There's no way they finish it in
2: eight. Well, not if they keep bringing in. Uh, they, they they did a hint to the men without banners, which we hadn't heard about them since season two, yeah. which is something like, oh yeah, I forgot they can bring people back from the dead too. Was just another layer to it. But I think they got to go two or three more. How many did Sopranos go? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I feel like that was. <laughs> That, that's the benchmark. Like, whatever that was is the max they should go. I think that was like 10, maybe. I don't know. Tim, what do you think? I
1: mean, we'll see. I was going to, this is part of, uh, part of some of the, the, the gossip that I have um, on the movie. Uh, but the, you know, I haven't done the proper introduction to Game of Thrones, the movie yet, but let's just, um, let's let's just go, right go
2: for it. Because, yeah, that's usually a good way to wrap up a series that never ends. Like sometimes you go like Seinfeld style, one hour special. Say by the Bell, if you remember, had a movie that just sort of ended it, came back for the college years for a little bit. Kelly got a boob job, got on 90210, that sort of fell apart. But let's, let's talk about Game of Thrones, the movie, and how this could actually be a potential ending to the whole thing. So what do you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, from what I hear, um and I, I don't know if I did the proper introduction either. As a Hollywood insider my creds really you know, I've lived in LA for about four years now. I don't live in Hollywood, I should say, but about ten miles away. And word travels pretty quickly in this town, you know, so yeah, once you're, I feel in the like, biz, uh, you're in the biz. I've got a lot of a lot of intel on the upcoming uh release of this movie and um you know, one of the big things about you know the length of the series, uh, they are planning to release the movie during the series, and they do plan on making the movie eighty hours long, which is as long as the series <laughs> plays out on television. So,
0: yeah,
2: that's going uh, to have to take a, a quick many. two
0: weeks off work to to watch that one.
2: <laughs> it's gonna, yeah, no, it's, it's going to have through. some no, serious no box limitations.
1: <laughs> But, yeah, this is actually coming as a surprise to a lot of people. A lot of people think, you know, Game of Thrones, it stops. It's a book. It's a TV series, and that's it. Um, but, you know, Hollywood's trying to stretch it out. They've got uh, Ben Affleck and Tyler Perry signed on um, to direct, to co-direct, and co-write. <laughs> he did do. All they're that.
0: not going to talk to anyone. Well, well, I think I they're not going to talk that? to George R.R. Martin. Can I just respond to that really quick? What's quickly? that? Like, I was a yeah. huge, huge fan of Tyler Perry and... Um... What was that? She got got. What was what was the that that female horror movie? Gone with the wind.
1: Uh, gone Girl. I can do bad all by myself. No, Gone Girl.
0: Gone Girl was he was incredible. Did Did you say Tyler right? This Perry? is where they. This, this is where they.
1: Affleck and Perry, you know, uh, teamed up for the first time, and now they're coming back for the follow up to Gone Girl. Interesting. Terrific I mean. role. Uh, in the the working title is actually. Yep. Uh, The working title is Game of Thrones, the movie, My Great Big Dysfunctional Seven
2: Families. (laughs) Nice. Affleck
1: and Perry joint.
2: Well, we've already talked, we hit it at it it before because we we always joked about how I always said that uh, the girl from Bridesmaids would play uh, Sons of Stark. Uh, (laughs) What's her name? Which girl from Bridesmaids? She was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, um, all of them rooms, uh, uh, Kristen Wig. Kristen Wig. Kristen Wig clearly has to play Sansa Stark they both are equally awkward by the way I was thinking about that comment because I'm a huge
0: huge fan of Kristen Wigg. like Kristen Wig is so much cooler than Sansa will ever be and so much more interesting and creative well, that's why like, she's
2: going to take it to the next level I mean, oh
0: she's going to reinvent Sansa yeah, yeah she's going to okay.
2: reinvent Sansa needs reinvention I mean okay. she's getting better but like you know she, you know, in the same way that Kristen Wigg helped reinvent MacGyver in McGluber. It's going to be a little bit like that. Great movie, by the way. All right, who else? You you know,
1: last week I thought I heard um, uh, you throw out Taylor Swift for... Role.
2: Yeah, also a little bit awkward, but we don't really think she can act, and uh, we we think some of the rape scenes would really not probably fall good for like uh, T Swift <laughs> and, and, and some of those. Yeah,
0: that could have a social blowback oh. on us because like T Swift's fans, you know, definitely they they're like the real faith militant.
2: Yes, they, they they really are. So so she's out, Kristen Wiig's in. She'll obviously do anything. She does <laughs> the show. She showed up in Kimmel dressed as the Dragon Woman, uh, so it's good for there. Uh, you know, we 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 talked about what Jennifer Lawrence clearly has to be like a better version of Khaleesi.
0: I'm still, I've got beef with that you as know, well.
2: But <laughs> who, who do you like for that role? Or who? What have you heard from the Hollywood inside? For,
1: we're talking about Khaleesi. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, there's a really interesting story here. Um, on the last pod, yeah, you mentioned Jay Law. I think you said she's the Selena Gomez of. <laughs> Game of Thrones? Yes. Um, but we know that at least J-Law won't go nude for the scene. Um, she doesn't even want her phone pics out there on the internet. So uh, that's kind of out. Um, Khaleesi's got her big big nude scene. Full
0: frontal Khaleesi. Um, oh, but, so, oh, but, but it depends on what, yeah. what type of budget we're talking, Tim. Because did you know, and this is actually a fact, that the Walk of Atonement for Cersei was actually a digitized body double all the way through that's true yeah that's true and that's still an option for them
1: uh but the rumor i'm hearing is um either of the olsen twins or the third olsen elizabeth
0: <laughs> third one i do not I um, know about the third one though
1: she's good man. vibe uh i think for them uh, and at least you know the studio gets us three times the chance that any of them will
2: now, are bear they, their breath. Aren't, aren't they not even on fuller house are they holding out for this No one's watching Yeah, I think
1: maybe they were uh, actually holding out in preparation for this role.
0: I can also just see all kinds of terrible synergy products they could release on their little shit fashion lines as well. This is a good move for them.
1: But we do have a dark horse in the mix for Khaleesi, actually. I should mention that Beyonce has been approached for the role.
2: Oh, wow. See, that's refreshing. She does do those empowered speeches. Even though, I gotta say, though, the the speech in the last... uh, the last episode that Khaleesi did at the end was maybe the most uninspiring thing. First, she swooped around on the dragon with some, some very... I hope the CG budget for the movie is actually a little better than it is for the show. It was just terrible CG work. These, these They just had a bunch of hairy Turkish men pretending to be Dothraki, and then Khaleesi comes and drops just a really underwhelming speech. So if you've replayed that scene in my head with a little bit better CG work and Beyonce, I think... I think we're talking Oscar early favorite. Well, okay, so yeah, I then, agree, you know, I agree, and I've got Queen two, B. But but if you choose Queen B, yes, yeah, she goes. So
0: if you choose yeah, if you choose Beyonce as the Khaleesi, that has actually a butterfly effect on all the other casting decisions. So I'm going to recommend Dario be replaced by
2: Sinbad. No, 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 Dario is <laughs> going <gotta> to be Dario. <laughs> <laughs> it, except we we'll use the Dario from his character on ABC's hit series Nashville uh, where he was a music producer that took down Raina James the mom from Friday Night Lights so if you haven't seen that great show ABC's hit, hit series Nashville it's the last season not going to be a movie so check that out while you can is that Connie Britton is that Dario Britton? you know
1: go ahead I am hearing Shia LaBeouf for Dario.
2: Oh, nice!
1: Actually, yes. And yes. inevitably, doing some weird hashtag performance art, like crowdsourcing oh, his God. part via Twitter. Yes. You then know,
2: he needs to come back too. Uh, I would like him. LaBeouf is really culturally relevant right now. I think that's a great move by them. Now, what about Ryan Philippi? Is, is he? he? could. Really... Uh, Ryan
0: Philippi could play Tommen,
2: <laughs> and Joffrey.
0: Uh, know, I have him network. as a the front runner for Loras.
1: Oh, nice. um, But he may be a little old now to be, play Tommen. I'm hearing Tommen is a toss-up between Michael Cera and Ellen DeGeneres.
2: <laughs> nice. So do you know who I really like for the... I thought about this, too. Because I'm just... And I, I can't even picture what the blackfish looks like. I think he's been on it, but he's he's this slippery guy. But you know the, the gill man in Star Wars? kind of looks like Springsteen. The, the, no, the, the green guy with the gills. It's like Star Wars. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: you mean the, the Admiral co- Akbar? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's Admiral a, Akbar. Admiral Akbar is the blackfish. <laughs> I mean, he's got an actual a bizard- fish. Yeah, he's but an actual fish. So, okay, he's so essentially, we're, we're, we're casting
0: a Jim Henson puppet in the <laughs> role. <laughs> in the role. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like that literal interpretation. That's yeah.
2: nice right. So, what else you got?
0: Else well, what else we got? Um,
1: you know, we've covered uh, some of the big ones. Uh, Tyrion is kind of a, a big uh, choice because you know how many dwarfs do we really have to choose from in Hollywood? Who's that guy in uh, Willow? You what know, about
2: the kid in Willow?
0: He's not bad. That's got, that's a good one.
1: Guy from Willow. But you know, we're actually seeing Hollywood's getting pretty savvy with these sort of non-traditional casting. You've seen a black stormtrooper and a female Jedi in the latest Star Wars you got the Ghostbusters coming back as women. You know, there's rumors of Idris Elba being the next Bond. Love that. Um, right. So they're going who? with...
0: Idris uh, Elba. Uh, have you watched The Wire? No, I haven't ha-
2: seen have it. Have
0: you seen... Um, what, what's that, uh, the latest
2: Alien movie? Anyway. Sigourney Weaver? Anyway, go on, Tim.
1: Uh, they're going with Gabori Sidibe, the uh, precious.
0: Oh, wow. Precious wow. and oh, The motion actor who plays Golem. No. <laughs>
2: No, uh, the, no, the that... <laughs> the, the African American lady from Oprah's movie Precious. Oh, I haven't seen it. It won a lot of awards. I didn't
1: even just realize. going kind of like you know they're they're flipping the role on its head. So Got to it. play the imp, a uh, very large African American woman. So tiny um, man
2: to larger larger black woman would be the the transition there.
1: Not sure if she's going to be sort of shrunk via CG or not but as a backup for Tyrion's character I'm hearing either one of the minions from Despicable Me <laughs> or
0: Grumpy um, nah, nah. Cat well that that would lead me to because I think there's a lot of chemistry in the um, in the toilet scene where Tyrion shoots his you know his supposed dad Tywin who's on not the dad. who's on the list for, for Tywin Tim um, just Donald Trump <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was gonna say if, Robert Redford is if, aged to a nice, but I
2: think Trump is way better. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Well, did you have one? No, I was just trying to think. Like I was trying to think. Okay, well, Trump's good because he. No one really likes Tywin, but then I thought, well, who's the person that's worse than Tywin? And is is actually Ramsey. So who's the, who's the person that who would ever want to take that role in Hollywood? Because clearly people are not going to like you when you're this horrible person.
0: But see, Ramsey could have been played by Labouf. Like I think Lebuff has to have a bit of edge to him. You know, the character he takes. You don't want to be him to be all good.
1: Um, it's interesting that you went to Ramsey right after Tywin because Ted Cruz has been rumored to uh, <laughs> be up for this role. But uh, either him voice. or. Evil Elijah Wood from Sin City.
2: Yeah, we could. Now, what about Macaulay Culkin, like the Home Alone kid? I feel like that he has got, like, a young Baratheon King, a Joffrey Tommen situation all over. I think he would be pretty solid.
1: Actually, uh, but he did he's slated to play games. Reek. <laughs> Theon.
0: Have you right. seen he you pretty he's pretty busted lately. He's not Coley Culkin, Tim's right on point. He kind of is a little bit of a frazzled rocker right now. So but he's also Rick's at, the perfect. he's
2: Eskimo brothers with Ashton Kusher. For which woman? Mila Kunis. Oh my god. Insane. Can we get the couch? So on, that makes him like a second <coughs> Eskimo brother of Bruce Willis, who's awesome. Can we get can we get the couch uh, role? He has a
0: huge social imprint, like social footprint. Like we needed the couch on this vehicle.
1: Mm. uh i i don't have him for anything i mean i feel like he does give a lot he would be up there for dario oh i Um, like him as dario got that swagger you
2: know yeah he he needs to keep he needs to get back in the mix too but i also feel like he's just got he's too involved in other things to commit to you know what eight thousand days of filming to get to this 80 hour film (laughs) No, I think, I think that's good. And then you know, I my, one of my favorites, Jorma Morma. That's got Ewan McGregor, a young Obi Wan Kenobi, written all over it. I think that's just a natural fit right there. I mean, you like I think Ewan is way too good looking to play Jorma
0: Morma. Like there's there's like a thirty to forty year age gap there. I mean, J- Jorma Morma is at least
2: seventy five, right? Nah, wow, he's, he's a young man. Great scale. He's yeah, an
1: old dude. He. He's been through some wars. Um, he, we we do have uh, uh, I do have a rumor that Liam Neeson is going to be playing him. Clearly,
2: oh love that.
1: Clearly,
0: yeah. he doesn't. We should be interested to, to see, see him, him, him yeah. work. Yeah, Neeson actually is totally the type of guy you could see diagnosed with leprosy and then leaving the group to go and find. <laughs> right, well,
2: let's talk about Kevin Costner's draft day. The you know, if you go back to our, our first episode of the season, we talked about this movie, it it's a huge favorite amongst our listeners out there. Yeah, it's it, one of our favorites. You know, the only thing that's that's worse acting than what the Khaleesi's bringing week in and week out. Uh, is there any role for Kevin Costner or someone like Jennifer Jennifer what was her last name? Jennifer Gardner who can really just nail an awkward, poorly rehearsed love scene in a closet on NFL Draft Day? I mean, Tim. I'm not sure if you had written really,
0: down, but like, I could have, I could have slotted Garner into the Marjorie role. Maybe a little bit old, a little bit tired, or a you younger, more fiery Cersei with a little bit of makeup. I think interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, what did you guys think about this uh, Cersei and Jaime uh, scene from the last episode? I mean,
2: they're my they're my couple, they're my couple to watch. Like I, I'm a big fan of both of them. You know, Jamie's the man. You know, he would be played by Prince Charming from the Shrek movie, Shrek Two, uh, would be would be his character. That's but, totally in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's clearly you guys play him. But uh, no, I mean, she, I think she's kind of playing him like a fiddle because he he loves her. But at the same time, it's like we're the only two people that matter which is kind of weird because, you know, their kids are out there. But, yeah, I mean, she's kind of sending him off to war for seemingly no particular reason, which if you look toward the, the scenes for next week, it, I think Jamie's going to partner up with the Blackfish and, and do something because he seems to like be kind of over it and doesn't really give a shit about the Lannister name or any of this stuff. I think he's just to a point in his life where he wants to just hook up with his sister, raise their inbred kids, and just be left alone.
1: Well, here's the bombshell that I've heard uh, around town. Um, actually, uh, you know, apparently incest is testing really well with the focus groups. So Angelina Jolie and her brother Jamie, coincidentally, same name, um, they had that infamous red carpet kiss a while back and the sex scenes will be really extra creepy when you have an actual brother and exactly. sister.
2: Exactly, and it gives them the perfect excuse to do a little gene jamming on camera, so I bet they're really into that. I like <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, and no, and I think Jolie is desperate for that kind of relaunch. Like, she needs a bit more spark, because people have kind of grown tired of the oh, eight African she, oh, children. She, and
2: but she's an ambassador, and she's about peace and yeah, goodwill. But like, get if you back you've been, on screen and stuff. Yeah, like, like, like you're, you're Laura Croft, homewrecker, incest... What, incestor incestor yeah, you yeah. know and, 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 and you know she, she took down you know poor sweet Jennifer Aniston's marriage you know and all, she just wants a baby leave the woman alone uh, Holm so. can I
0: just give you my thoughts on that spe- on, on that scene and Danny scene I'm kind of getting tired of the big declarative speeches like I feel like we have too many declarative speeches I feel like Daenerys actually her whole shit is big declarative speeches in front of big groups of people can we just cut down on that have a little more character development thank you End of rant.
2: <laughs> Good rant. Good rant. So, what are the key characters? Um, I have
1: another kind of a storyline developing. Is uh, NBA stars who are who are going to be playing um, characters on Game I of Thrones as well. I think this is
2: a no-brainer. I feel like I know exactly where this is going. No, but what do what you no, think? very smart because the playoffs are coming to a
0: close and they're they're freeing up now.
1: Yes, that's right. We just see. We just saw Steph Curry last night. Uh, Go to the finals. Uh, Apparently, in the off season, he will be filming for his role as Grey Worm. Brilliant, Costas.
2: And then is I like Rihanna for Grey Worm's little like girlfriend. One thing, Missandei.
0: (laughs) What other NBA? Missandei. That's a a pretty good theory for
1: Rihanna. Uh, Other NBA players?
0: Yeah. Are there any other
1: NBA players in the mix? We have. um, uh, Chris Stapp's Porzingis, are you familiar with the Latvian seven footer?
0: Yeah, they call New him New York. Yeah, they, they, he's also referred to as the Latvian gangbanger um, by Michael Rappaport on the BS podcast.
1: Yeah, he's actually, um, you know, Tilda Swinton actually has been up for Brienne of Tarth, but she's not really hanging with the fight scenes. So they might just do Chris Stapps and drag.
0: Did you know that they're, they're thinking of doing a racial switch for uh, the mountain and um, Shaquille you know, O'Neal? Well, actually, you, you're you're completely <laughs> right. Well, well you, you've noticed the tension brewing on TNT between Shaquille and Charles Barkley. So the mountain so that's the and the hound, are yeah, the, 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 so the mountain and the hound, and I like will that. Actually, be played by Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley.
2: It makes yeah, like sense that. to me. I mean. <laughs> This has Oscar written all over it, and Grammy, Tony, and possibly Clio Advertising Award.
1: <laughs> um, the last
2: the last uh,
1: NBA star um, uh, is no surprise. Braun will be played by LeBron.
2: <laughs> <laughs> LeBron the builder? You know,
1: King James, very conscious of his brand. He doesn't want to be typecast as always playing himself. I can- you know, I loved him in Trainwreck. Uh, but he wants to kind of spread his acting wings.
2: I can't wait to see that. It's going to be like, uh, you know, that scene where he crawls up the, the side of the tower and sees uh, Jamie, and Lan- Jamie and Cersei getting down. Instead, it's just going to be LeBron. And he's just going to, like, jump up. <laughs>
1: I think you're confusing Braun with Bran. Uh, they're different people? Braun is the,
0: uh, yeah. the oh the
2: swordsman. Yeah, yeah I was thinking Bran. Welcome, <laughs> Bran. Guys, this
0: is actually more of a supporting cast character, but um, I'm actually getting a, a rumor in now via Twitter that um, Tom Thibodeau will actually be playing Lord Walder Frey. of The twins, so he'll be. <laughs> God, that guy is such a. Guy.
1: Uh, if, if he can beat out, if he can beat out the Crypt Keeper from. Uh... <laughs> Tails from the crib.
2: Did you see him just like slap the ass of uh, disgusting? That, disgusting. disgusting by him. It's yeah. Like what's wrong with you? Well, you know, I want to talk about the show, and then we got to wrap it up because we have a commitment to our fans uh, to not keep our podcast too long. It's got it. It's got to fit in the amount of time you commute between Boulder and Denver. So, you know, one last question. I'm going to put out for the little group. Uh, not related to the movie, which is going to be fantastic, but Littlefinger, Stafford and I, and, and everybody here at You Got Got, which is really just Stafford and I, have been saying that uh, Littlefinger has really been behind this whole time. And after the show, totally. You know, we, we, we cut back and we started talking about the guy that was getting married at the Red Wedding and sort of the Blackfish escaping and that whole plot resurfaced. Mm-hmm. And I had this interesting thought is like, did Littlefinger know what was going to go down at the Red Wedding? Yes or no? Well where was he at the time?
0: Was he mm-hmm.
2: in Like he wasn't there obviously. But truly if you're the mastermind about this and there's a massive assassination of a family, especially one that you know you grew up with Caitlyn Stark as sort of your sister you know and then you're in love with her daughter all these things like did you know that this was going to go down and how is that going to resurface itself? Fuck! Have you got an answer to this? this no, I, is, don't. Like, I don't. But this an is my answer. question. I just I, I take very few notes and do very little prep. But I wrote down: Did Littlefinger know about the red wedding? Okay, so what's so your vote?
0: The only thing I can add to this is that we do know from the books and partially from the show that um, his one weak spot was Catelyn Stark. Like he was head over heels for Catelyn Stark, and just you know irreparably in love with her. So I would. I'm just going to vote for no. He didn't know. Because he loved her, and if he if he'd known he would have done something to stop
2: it oh yeah because she she clearly died
0: I would agree,
1: yeah, he would have found a way to keep her out of the violence
2: true, okay, or it somehow left he realized that the ship had sort of sailed on 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 Caitlin, and so you know, what's the best way to kind of, like, get to a young, impressionable Caitlyn 2.0, uh, Sansa, pre-Bieberism, It's to wipe out the rest of the family and leave this girl hanging with no one to turn to except you, this sort of closest thing to a dad, uncle, brother, whatever that that's left that then you can swoop in on. So, I don't know. It just, it really poked a lot of holes in my little fingers really behind the whole thing and going to emerge victorious if he... Didn't know that that was going down, but if it did know, you know, what is he really thinking? So I'm going to vote he did know, and it's all part of his plan, and, you know, we'll see it come true when, when him and Sansa really kind of take the next step in their sort of relationship.
0: Yeah, I just d- and I do want to close, you know, if we're doing closing thoughts, um, just want to reinforce my agreement with Jesse that Littlefinger's behind everything. He's going to burn this motherfucker down at the end. If Vegas had odds, I would be placing at least five bucks on Littlefinger to win the game.
2: And Sarah Buckholtz, I know this isn't live, but I'm definitely looking forward to your angry text messages telling me how wrong I am by the statement. Once you listen to this podcast, but you know, we'd love to have you on later this weekend to sort of set the record straight. On did Littlefinger know or not know about that?
0: Uh, Tim, closing thoughts. Any any big stars that you missed out on that you just want to shout out as we wrap up?
1: Um, the one uh, big rumor I'm hearing that's going to change the face of this show is. Uh is the White Walkers will actually be played by um, Mexicans and Syrian refugees.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> we went there, climbing over the wall, the, instead of the, the North Wall, instead of the Trump Wall. You know, wall? Look,
0: the jobs were needed. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think this is a good place to give them a start in entertainment. Okay, Tim, thank you so much. We'll uh, We'll look for regular updates on the casting call for the movie, but thank you so much for guesting.
2: Yeah, uh, great podcast. Thanks so much for having me. You know, it, it, you know, worst episode ever. Followed up by some interesting thoughts on the movie, which is clearly going to be better than yesterday's episode. Hopefully, maybe it'll just be seventy-nine hours and they'll just cut out everything that happened this week. Uh, looking <laughs> forward to uh, hopefully Sarah getting back on midweek and then uh, you know just continuing on. Uh, thanks for everybody and uh, yeah, and look out for Tim Blount on our red carpet in the lead up to the movie. Yes, thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Tim.
0: Bye. Thanks. (laughs)